Thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. Hey, um, I want to tell you something that Sue tells me not to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway, okay? Which is not very wise of me. You're right, somebody says over here. I know that. Um, I think what I have to say this morning to you on the sabotage thing, what I have to say this morning is really, really important. But I don't think I do a good job of explaining it. I really don't. And Sue says, you shouldn't apologize for your message. And I'm not apologizing. I'm just saying, this is not an easy thing to understand. Um, And if it's not an easy thing to understand, I'm sure it's not an easy thing to try to explain as well. So I'm going to explain it the best that I can and that God's grace will give me at my particular level of skill level of preaching will allow me to do. But I just want you to know, if if you're not totally... um, you know, you don't think I fully explain it really well? Hey, I'm with you. <laughs> I don't think I'm really explaining it really well either. But, but the truth of the matter is, I think it's so important, I've got to make a shot at it, okay? And I've got to take a stab at it here. Because I think the ability for us to discern as Christians is vital, vital to us in our Christian life. And our inability to discern can sabotage our Christian life. Now, the obvious question is, what's discernment? And I I don't think, I'm just being honest, I don't think I have a really great definition for you. And that's one of my um, issues that I'm having trying to teach this. How can I affect it? I think I know what it is to discern. But I'm not sure I know how to tell you what it is. Levi and I were yesterday, where he's got his permit, and we were over there doing the, the cone thing. You know what I'm talking about, those of you, that, okay? Used to have to parallel park. Remember when we used to have parallel park? When we did? Okay, we don't have parallel park anymore, okay? We got to maneuver through cones. Well, Levi says, well, you need to teach me how to do it. And I said, well, you know, you're right, but I just kind of do it. I don't know if I know how to teach you to do it. And I got in, and I could do it. But as far as saying, turn the wheel this much, turn it back now, it's just kind of, you just kind of learn it. And that's a little bit like what I'm thinking here with discernment. It's, it, I, can, I know what it is, and I, I say that's it when I see it, but as far as being able to give you a really nice little definition of it that'll really say that all of you will just, light bulb will go on for all of you, I'm not sure, but I got to try that anyway. Here's one of the definitions that I found as I looked through and seen what a lot of other people taught and, and preached on this. Here's the first definition I want to give you on discernment. Discernment is the skill in distinguishing truth from error and even more importantly sometimes truth from half-truth. Okay? Now, distinguish is an interesting term in there. Now listen, when the word discernment is used in, in, the, in the Old Testament... The, the root of that word in the Hebrew, I, thought, I found this to be fascinating, but I'm a nerd, so I, you may not catch it this way. The, the root of that word in the Hebrew is to separate. And that's what you do when you distinguish. You separate good from bad. You separate truth from error. You separate truth from half-truth. We make decisions. We discern. We separate and says this is the way I'm going to go and this is not the way I'm going to go so the very root of that word is to separate and that's what happens when you make discern now people with no discernment what do they do they just believe anything anybody tells them 
They don't separate. They don't separate. They don't make any distinction. They don't make any judgment. Oh, you say, well, Mark, you know, you're not supposed to judge. Well, if you think that, you don't know your Bibles very well, okay? The Bible is concerned about how you judge. How you judge. But many places in the Bible, it says that we have to make those distinctions. We have to be discerning people. There's, we have to separate. If I don't separate, if I don't distinguish, if I don't make decisions, if I don't use discernment, then I'm a gullible person that just believes anything that comes down the pike. And uh, this ability to discern is really, really critical. As I was trying to find some examples that may bring this home to you, I, I found an example of Starbucks. As Starbucks pays people, they have coffee tasters that can discern whether this, I don't know anything about coffee, so I'm, I'm making a fool of myself right there. This chocolate, mocha, whatever thing, okay? I have no idea what coffee is, okay? This, wh- whether it tastes right or not, they have a discerning tongue. And I couldn't tell you if it tastes right or not. I have no clue if it tastes right. Or if it tastes enough, this, this coffee tastes different enough from this coffee, okay? They have a discerning tongue. And they, that has been come through training for them, I would assume. It's the only way. And in the same way, we should be discerning people to separate things that are good for us and things that are not good for us, things that are good for our kids and things that are not good for our kids, TV shows that we should watch and TV shows that we shouldn't watch, places we should go and places we shouldn't go, and I could go on and on and on and on. We have to be able to separate, to distinguish, to discern, to make proper judgments. Um, Next week, as we close out the sabotage series, I'm going to talk on how our friends can sabotage us and how, young or old, the choice of the people we hang around with have great, great influence on us. And whether we're 16 or whether we're 66, the choice of the people that we hang around with have great, great influence on us and can have a sabotaging effect on our Christian life. But in the whole discernment area, I've got to have discernment to know, is this person a person that I need to be a friend with? Now, I'm not talking about friendly with. Hopefully, as Christians, I'm friendly, respectful of everyone. But I'm not friends with everyone. And you're not either. I don't let everyone influence me. I don't take everyone's word. I don't take everything that everybody says as gospel. And why do I don't do that? Because I have made certain separations to who I am confident in to allow their word to help direct and form me in my life. And those people, those friends, those friends are crucial. I think if Pastor Nate was up here right now, and one of the things that he would talk about is just absolutely how important that friends are in the, in the Christian development of all of our teens. And it's the same for a lot of us, no matter what age that we're in. It's, it's just really crucial. Um, 
Charles Spurgeon was a preacher way back hundreds of years ago that was a prince of preachers, and most of you don't know his name, but I, as I was reading, I saw this quote, and he's right on, on this. Discernment is not a matter of simply telling the difference between right or wrong. It's not just, just that. It's not just that. Rather, it's the difference between right and almost right. Listen, the Bible says the evil one, the saboteur, the saboteur, disguises himself as an angel of light. The, the, the saboteur, the evil one, he can't come up to you and tell you a bold-faced lie and get you to believe it. If you've got any spiritual maturity at all. But he can tell you half-truth. He can twist it a little bit. That's what he did in the garden, and I'm not going to take the time to go to Genesis 3, but that's what he did in the garden. He just twisted it a little bit. He just twisted it a little bit. The saboteur disguises himself as an angel of light. And so the ability, not only just right and wrong, but the ability to between truth and half-truth is really essential. And as we look at our world today in all different areas, we've just got competing truths that are both said to be true on both sides, but obviously they can't both be true because they're hundred many times 180 degrees opposite of one another. And we need God's grace to help us discern. To help us discern. What does a judge do? A judge sits on his bench and he has a prosecuting attorney and an attorney for the defense. And they both, and they both are doing their level best to convince the judge of their case. So what does the judge have to do? He has to separate. He has to discern. He has to choose between truth and not-so-truth, or maybe not totally right and wrong, but truth and half-truth. Because the, 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 the lawyer, it, lawyers aren't stupid enough to give that judge a bold-faced lie, but they put a slant on something. You know the cool word now is? Spin. We spin it a certain way. And that's the truth, but you can spin that truth a certain way. And I need a discerning spirit to understand between truth and a spin of the truth. Now, here's the, another definition that it's totally mine, so it may be lousy, but it speaks to me. I hope it speaks to you, okay? Discernment is the ability to look and to see. We, my, if my eyes work, work, I look, and I can see, and I, I see people, and I, I, I look out there. But seeing is more like perceiving. Has anybody ever said, That's, that was really perceptive of you? And so what they meant by that is, well, that wasn't really obvious and you saw beneath the surface. That was really perceptive of you. So I want to look at situations, but I want to see. I want to see. I had a, had a friend of mine, um, a couple of weeks ago, brought a political candidate to me that's going to run for a local office. And, and uh, obviously, if he brought him to me, he supports him and all that kind of stuff. And so, my, you know what my prayer was uh, before that meeting? Lord, help me see. Is this guy, is there something below the surface on this guy? Is there, is there a motive that I need to perceive? 
is there something in this guy that I need to, to see that may not be right there on the surface? Any political candidate can talk a good game. I mean, they wouldn't be in politics too long if they couldn't talk a good game. Lord, help me perceive. Help me see what's under the surface, what's a real motive. If there's anything here about this person, give me a, a sense of that. Give me a caution in my spirit. Give me a, a, a red light or a yellow light in, in my spirit. That, that to be able to discern is to be able to, to look and to be able to see. Now, there's several verses of Scripture here. I mean, lots, but I'm just going to give you run through some real quick that talk about the importance of a discerning... Let me, let me tell you this, and it just popped in my head. On the importance of discerning. How in the world can you come to an altar and pledge the rest of your life to a person if you have not asked God to give you a discerning spirit? Where they're cute. I get all goosebumpy when I'm around them. How can you commit the rest of your life to someone unless you have asked God to allow you to see? To see. We all look. <laughs> Looking's what gets us in trouble, man. I mean, we all look. But whoever you choose to marry... You need to see. And that's discernment. There are several prayers that, in the Bible for discernment. The first, of is, first one's in Philippians 1.9. Paul writing to the church at men at Philippi said, This is my prayer, basically the prayer for the church at Philippi, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge. And here it is. It's not translated discerning, but it's the same word in other places that gets translated discerning. Depth of insight. It is good, isn't it? Depth of insight. You, you want insight, don't you? I want insight. I want to really see something. They're, they're saying something, but is there something beneath the surface? We need that in parenting. We need that in parenting. They're saying something, but is there something beneath the surface that's not being said? That's discernment. That's distinguishing. 1 Kings 3, 9, Solomon basically says, God, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish right from wrong. What a marvelous prayer for a political official, okay? God, give me a discerning spirit. Give me a discerning heart so I may rightly govern your people. For, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? And basically what he means, without this, who is able to govern? And a few verses later that I didn't include, God just said, what a, what a wonderful prayer that you just prayed. I will grant you that. Because you didn't ask for, help, for wealth and all of that, I'm going to grant you this, but I'm going to give you wealth too. Because you just, this, is, this was so good, what you asked for. To, do, to govern your people. To rightly see things and to make good... It's a discerning spirit. We all need that. Romans 12, uh, 12, 2 is a familiar verse. 
The Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to, there's the word, translate other places to CERN, test. And, appro- and approve. Somebody comes to you and says, well, I think this is God's will for you. Well, I need, I need to test that. I need to discern that. Can I tell you something? If somebody comes up to you and says, I think this is God's will for you, um, especially if you're of age and good reasoning ability, uh, God will talk to you about your will for your life. <laughs> you don't, always don't have to come. God will talk to you about it too. He'll tell you about it too. But that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is. How do I know what God's will is for my life unless I can separate things and say no to this and yes to that and yes to that and no, no to this. So I may be able to test and approve what God's will is. And his will is good, pleasing, and it's perfect. Paul carries on in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 21 and 23. He's, he says, talking about testing spirits, he says, test them all. Same word that gets translated discern. Test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject what's not good. Reject what's evil. And what, one verse is extremely, extremely important. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because there are many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now friends, this is ex- I'm not just preaching and gearing it toward this, but this is especially true in the theological world and the biblical world. There's just so many, there's so much stuff taught out there. And it's all over the spectrum. All over the spectrum. And you and me need a discerning spirit. We need to be able to discern to know what is true and what is not true. What is true and what is half true. I can talk to you in my 25 years of experience as a pastor of people that went on all kinds of tangents spiritually all kinds of tangents spiritually followed some kind of spirit that what and i'm not necessarily talking about an evil spirit but followed some followed some kind of teaching and it sabotaged their faith and sabotaged their faith and, and the three people in this room that know that more than anybody are the three people that pastored in this room mike and harold and i because we've seen it this any 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 preacher that comes along and has some new teaching and, he, and he's smooth-tongued and, and the music is good and, and some people just believe it. It sounds cool and discerning, separating, distinguishing. How do we discern? How do we discern? Well, we, we, we discern through the ministry of God's Holy Spirit. There, there is a supernatural element to this this is not all about your brain and my brain and how good my brain is and how good your brain is this is all not about the skill of this there, there's there's some learned things in this but the ability to discern i need supernatural help In John something, I, I have no idea, before Jesus, or before Jesus went to the cross, Jesus was teaching his disciples, I, he said, I will send you the Holy Spirit who will be a helper. Amen. 
I, I am not smart enough. You are not smart enough to rely on the natural. At some, and I'm not trying to get weird with the Holy Spirit and I'm not hanging from chandeliers and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm doing. But there is a supernatural element to this that I need to say, God, will you do something for me? Will you give me discernment that I don't have in my own right? Would you allow me to look and see? And that seeing is something that everybody doesn't, doesn't have because you have done something for me here. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 is instructive for us here. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. You, you, you wonder why some people think Christians are nuts? Spiritual things have to be discerned spiritually. And those without the Spirit of God won't get it. It'll hit them like, and it'll bounce off of them like their brain is a brick wall or something. And so my prayer needs to be, God, would you do something for me that I can't do for myself? Would you allow me to spiritually see something here that is just not evident? And i got to be careful not to get myself puffed up and think, well, I'm so perceiving and I'm so spiritually astute. I can... No, no, it's not that. That can be pharisaical or self-righteousness. No, God, can you just... I, I need to be able to see here been a while since i've had to hire a staff member but every prayer for me when i'm sitting across the desk interviewing a staff member is lord help me see is this the right person this person may not be the wrong person but many times on choosing staff members i got to choose between better and best both of these people can do the job but lord is there something that i need to see here and it may not be like, like this person's crooked or anything. It, it may not be anything as blatant as that. But, Lord, I need a discerning spirit. Both of these people will probably get the job done, but there's more about being a staff member than just getting the job done. Help me perceive. Help me see. Help me distinguish. Help me see what really is here. We, dis we discern through God's Holy Spirit. God, do something in me. Do something for me right now that I can't, I can't see here. We also dis discern through God's Word. There's just, no, there's just no question about it that through the ministry of God's Word, we discern through the ministry of God's Word that, that, that as I look through His Word and I know His Word, that I can be able to help me Help me to discern. You got that, Amy? Thank you. We discern through the ministry of God's Word. And the more I saturate myself with God's Word, the longer I'm in it, the longer I listen to it, the longer I read it, the longer... I... <clears throat> you don't come to the Bible for information. You come to the Bible for transformation. Okay? I, I talked to somebody after the service on that. Okay? I don't come to the Bible for information. I don't, I don't come to the Bible to win an argument. I come to the Bible for transformation. God, allow this word to do something. That's supernatural. 
allow this word to do something in me. And, and, and after years, it doesn't happen automatically, but after years of being a biblical person and trying to have a Christian worldview, you just you become changed, and it doesn't happen overnight. And, and you just saturate yourself into God's word, and, and God gives you some ability through his spirit and through the word to be able to see right from wrong, truth from half-truth, this direction from that direction allows you to separate properly. It's, it's, there's a certain level of, and I don't like this word, but there's a certain level of mystery, mysticism there that, that God is doing something. But I've also set myself under the word, submitted myself to the word in all the ways we can do that. Hebrews 5.14, Hebrews 5.14 says this, but solid food, talking about the teaching of God's word, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish, there's a word, to distinguish good from evil. I, I, I like that little phrase. I wrote a devotion this week on, on, on discernment and, and uh, it says, and I use this verse, and it says constant use. Uh, it's, th- this, this is not one and done. Constant use. Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, after Monday, after Tuesday, after Wednesday, of living with God's Word and walking with Him. Constant, constant use. It is not get rich quick. It is not a quick fix. If you want a quick fix for your life, don't become a Christian because it takes a while. God just doesn't fix stuff like that. You know why he doesn't fix this? I'm going to get to it later because there's consequences to pay for your action. By constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Psalm 1 verse 1 basically talks about discerning. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked. How can I know who the wicked are if I don't make some kind of judgment? How do do I know the people that I shouldn't walk in step with unless I separate something? Well, I, I want to be nice, and, and I want to be respectful, and I want to be friendly, and I get that, and I do too, and everyone that comes under the name of Christ should be that way. But friends, I wonder sometimes if under the guise of being respectful and friendly, we choose not to discern just because we don't like the conflict that possible discernment can bring and the division that possible concernment can, discernment can bring. If I distinguish between right and wrong, I've probably made somebody mad. And nobody likes to do that. No one likes conflict. So we just, whatever you, it makes them happy. It makes them happy. What could be wrong with that? It makes them happy. Makes them happy. Blessed is the one who does not step and walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. How can you be blessed without making some type of a judgment? But, but, blessed is the one who's discerned. And the next thing the psalmist says is their delight is in the law of the Lord. You, you discern through the ministry of God's word. You discern through the ministry of God's Holy Spirit. But as you sit and saturate yourself in the word of God for months and years, something happens to you. You see. Now this is difficult, very difficult to preach. And one of the reasons 
that I'm not extremely comfortable up here right now because there's a fine line here because this can be pretty self-righteous. This can be pretty pharisaical. And there is a line there somewhere to make me think I'm better than someone else. If I do make good judgments, it's only because of the supernatural ability of God that's allowed me to do that. And Him even giving me the desire to open His Word and become a person of truth instead of person of the truth of the world throws at me. Well, if it makes them happy. If it makes them happy. So, very practical here for the last few minutes. Some practical things on trying to discern. Asking God's Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Through the ministry of His Word, of course. But also, also, if I'm trying to discern, if I'm trying to separate, if I'm trying to, to look and see, have I sought godly counsel? Have I sought godly counsel? Underline the word godly. Who is the most spiritual person you know? Go to that person. Who are the two most spiritual people you know? Go to both of those people. Have you sought godly counsel? I can miss it. I can just miss it. In my humanity, I can miss it. Even though I'm, I'm sincere in all this kind of stuff, I may miss it because I'm too immature to really see things as they should be. Have I sought godly counsel? And you, you, know, you know one good way to know if someone is godly? Not the only way, but one way to know someone is godly? If they'll tell you the truth, even if it hurts you. Now they shouldn't tell you the truth in a hurtful way. But if the truth spoken with grace and love hurts, that's God's work, not mine. A godly person, well, I just want to be supportive. I, I want to be their friend. But a godly person wants to be supportive, and a godly person wants to be their friend, but not under the masquerade of no truth. We, we come together under truth. We've got nothing to come together about if there's not truth there that is objective. Well, we just, we just want to support. And that, I get that, and that's good. But the best way I can support a person that, I, that is truly my friend is to tell them the truth. In a loving way, in a gracious way, of course, of course. But to tell them, how can, I be their, how can I be their friend if I let them continue on in error? And don't tell them the truth. It's a pseudo, non-biblical type of friendship. Seek out godly counsel. I told you, I've told you this before, and I don't know if you remember it or not, but we had, we had Christopher... We, Christopher was given to us at four days old and we were in the process of adopting him and that process was going kind of slow. He was nine months of age and there came the opportunity to adopt these two girls, 11 and 9. And me being a male, said, well, man, we got a problem. We can't have kids. and we got, We're going to adopt Christopher and we get these two girls and our problem's taken care of. What's the next problem? I mean, that's a guy thinking, right? I mean, but Sue, not a guy. 
Good, that's right. She, was, she had a nine-month-old, and she was just learning how to be a mama. And Mark was going to throw an 11-year-old and a nine-year-old girl on her. And that frightened her, to be quite honest with you. And, and that's not too strong of a word. But, you know, guys, well, we just, we just suck it up and do it. You know, I mean, that. <laughs> so we went to the church board where we were pastoring at that time and sat before the church board and said, here's the situation we have. We want you to help us. We laid the whole situation out for us and said, we're going to come together again next week and we want you to, want you to give us advice. Don't hold any punches. Don't hold any punches. And the next week they came and told us what they, what they thought. We sought godly counsel. That's an old Quaker. By the way, where I learned that is from the Quakers. The, the Quakers had a call. It was called a clearing conference to get clearness on something. To get clear on something. Have you sought godly counsel? Proverbs 24, 6. Proverbs 24, 6 says, Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Godly counsel. Also, have you, have you prayed about it, and do you have peace? And do you have peace? I, I just feel like one of the ways God talks to me is he gets my stomach all messed up. And I feel the churning and the uncomfortableness in my belly because I don't have peace. I don't have peace if I go that way or I don't have peace if I go this way. Have I asked God to help me? And do I have peace about it? Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what happens, verse, the next verse says, and the peace of God, which you will not understand. Which you will not understand. Now let me be an honest preacher. Peace doesn't mean that I I'm, I'm may not have some butterflies about something because many times I may know it's the right thing to do, but I still don't really want to do it. <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know it's the right thing to do, but it's still I'm going to have to swallow real hard. You, y'all swallow in Ohio. We swallowed in Kentucky. It was swallow real hard and go do it. But there's a difference between the conflict in your spirit over going the wrong direction and just butterflies of humanity. There's a difference there. There's a difference there. Romans 14, Romans 14, 19, the Bible says, let let us therefore make every effort to do, to do, to make a decision that leads to peace. If I don't have peace, then that's really, are you talking to me here, God? And one, one reason I don't have peace, maybe, is because all my counselors told me something I didn't want to hear, and I don't really want to do it, but, so I'm conflicted about it. What I want to do, what they, the godliest people in my life told me to do, I don't have peace. Maybe I ought to pay attention to this conflict and struggle in my gut. Romans 14, 5. 
Paul talking about a whole other area, but says one person gets all fired up about the Sabbath and somebody else doesn't get fired up about the Sabbath. That's the context of it. He says, each of them, this is such a practical verse of Scripture, each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Each of them. What a marvelous way to treat people. Each of them. Let people be fully convinced. In, I may disagree with them. But as they've gone through the process themselves, let you be fully convinced in their own mind. And when I'm fully convinced in my own mind, after I've prayed about it and sought God to counsel, there should be some peace in my spirit. Let them be fully convinced in their own mind. I'm trying to tell you how to discern, how to separate, how to choose right from wrong, good from evil, truth from half-truth, how to distinguish things in our life. And now here's, here's what nobody would say after I did all my research, and no pastors like to talk about this because this is an uncomfortable subject. But one of the major reasons, one of the biggest ways and reasons we have to discern is to discern between people. To judge properly and adequately the people in our lives, whether I'm trying to find an employee or whether I'm trying to decide who to vote for or whether I'm trying to decide who to marry or whether I'm trying to decide who to be a friend with, a lot of it comes down to people many times. And nobody likes to talk about that, and I get that because it, you sound, well, you know, I, we all don't want to separate people from our lives. And I, get all, I was talking to a lady about that this week. I said, lady, I didn't say lady, I called her name, but... <laughs> I said, I'd rather be lonely on Friday night than go out with the wrong person. Well, it's just a date. Well, every single marriage started with a date. <laughs> I guess. Another thing you have to remember as you discern, I'm, I'm trying to wrap up quickly here. What are the consequences of your decisions? What are the, when, when you're separating, when you're separating, when you're making a decision, where you're choosing, when you're saying yes to something and no to something, yes to someone and no to someone, what are the consequences of that? And I think us as parents, I think us as parents, we have to know that many of our kids, they struggle in this area and, and because it's hard for them to look down the road. It's just hard for them to look down the road. And, and, and man, I had to... I had to get out of those teen years and become like 60 before I could really look down the road. You know, I mean, it's hard because all of us, all of us want to live for the moment and what pleases us now. All of us do. Young, teen, middle-aged, older. But we, what, what's now is what's in front of us. And that's what we want, the immediate gratification of, of now. But the discerning person looks down the road. What will this decision do for me six months, a year, two, and three, and four, and five years from now. That's, what, that's, what, that's why you have to do that on marriage. What, what does this look like? What does this look like now as opposed to what this may look like down the road somewhere? There are consequences for all the decisions that we make, and a discerning person won't live for the moment but we'll try with God's grace to say, God, where does this decision lead me a year from now, two years from now? Because most of our decisions aren't like, take me right off the wrong path. But as I told you a hundred times, it may get me a little ways off the wrong path. Just a little ways. And if I travel a little ways on the long path for a long, long time, I end up over here. 
where I should be right here. Most of us aren't dumb enough to go right here. But we're, we're dumb enough to take a step off the path, right? Half-truth, maybe? And traveling for one year, two years, five years, ten years, I'm way away from where I should be. What are the consequences of this decision? Not tomorrow, because probably tomorrow I may not have any consequences, but moms and dads, your kids need to help you. You need to help your kids with that. I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wasn't capable of making those type of decisions at 16, 18, 20 years of age. I was living for the moment. What made me feel good now. And you know the verse I'm going to to back this up. Galatians 6, 7 says that do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. Then another verse my dad tried to bang into my ear is First Thessalonians 5, 22, which in this translation gets translated that way. But my dad used to say, Mark, avoid even the appearance of evil. for your Christian witness. Now you can be careful there because that doesn't mean I'm trying to live my life to please you and for you watch me, but as a Christian and as a person who's trying to have a good testimony, avoid even the appearance of evil. Does this decision that I'm making, this separation that I'm getting ready to do or not separating, does it even have the appearance of evil? Jesus, God says through his word, avoid even the appearance. Even the appearance. Josh opened up with, uh, what was the song he opened up with? Where the freedom of the Lord is, there is freedom. No, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Well, that verse gets you all messed up now, friends. Unless you have a discerning spirit and you think, that you have freedom as a Christian, which you do, but you have to discern what that freedom means, you can go way down the wrong road. And you feel all happy singing it. <laughs> freedom of the Lord is. The Spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. Yes, that verse is 1,000% true, and I understand that. But without a discerning spirit, I can take that freedom and go 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction. Oh, it feels good, though. As I close right now, one last quote I want to give you from a guy I read from a lot. It's a caution on this discernment. And I've alluded to it already. With discernment comes division. You separate, right? Yes to this, no to this. I'm, I'm not going to go here, I'm going to go there. You can do this, you can't do that. Division comes with discernment. And that's why it's easier to be a gullible person and just says, live and let live. It makes you feel good. Go ahead and do it. Who am I to tell? Who, who am I? It's easier to be that kind of person because with discernment comes division. With discernment comes division. And, and in the counseling room, I have to say some very difficult things because they've come for godly counsel. And I ought to get fired if I don't have the courage to tell. I ought to be fired. With discernment comes division. 
A person who seeks to be discerning must be willing to suffer the effects of that division. If we, it will divide not only believer from unbeliever, but it may even divide a discerning believer from one who is undiscerning. It will separate the mature from the immature, the naive from the prudent. And that's why a lot of people don't want to do this because we just want to get along with everybody. And I, I, th I think we should leave it. As much as it depends on, on us, we live at peace with people, but not at the expense of the truth. What is more important? What is more important in our lives than truth? My love for my wife is, is not as important as the truth. Because I, I can say, well, I love my wife, but I go out and do whatever I want to do behind her back and all that kind of stuff. No, it's only the truth of God's Word that allows me to love my wife rightly. The, the truth, God's Word, and what He's revealed to us, what He's chosen to reveal for us is preeminent in our life and allows us to live life, allows me to love my wife, allows me to love my kids, allows me to do our jobs rightly because truth is so important, but it's hard because when there's truth, there has to be error. And we'd rather just get along. I just leave you with the fact and Mike could stand up here and Harold could stand up here and they could call names if they chose to on people who have sabotaged their life because they weren't discerning and they believed anything that came down the pike. The saboteur himself disguises himself as an angel of light. He doesn't come to you with horns and a pitchfork, does he? comes to you as a friend giving you advice that you're not quite sure if that sounds right comes to you as that movie comes to you as that thing on the internet he disguises himself and we have to make separations may God give us supernatural ability <laughs> to do this unbelievably important task as you'll take your communion cup. This starts, this starts at the cross, friends. The blood of Jesus not only saves us, but it gives us power in our lives. I don't know who's listening to this message here and who's going to tune in on the internet and listen to it on the live stream and mp3 and all that but if this message just absolutely doesn't make sense to you I must quote Paul again when he says spiritual things have to be determined by spiritual people so if, if you don't get this do you have the spirit of God if this bounces off of you like a brick wall and you don't there's nothing in this that even makes sense to you? Have you been saved? You may not... Full, I, I wouldn't have, when I was saved at 34, I wouldn't have totally grabbed this message, but there would have been something in it that would have 
risen in my spirit and said, yes. And I, might, I wouldn't have had the full grasp of it at all. Don't think I have the full grasp of it now. Spiritual things are discerned by spiritual people. If you don't understand a lot about the Christian life, are you really a Christian? Jesus died for that. He broke bread on the night before that he was betrayed, and he said to take this and to do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant that's in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord, I've done the best I can do, but I'm dependent on your spirit to, to make this applicable for people. And anything that I've said that I shouldn't have said, you just erase it and, and just take it out of people's minds and they won't, they won't do that. And, and, but anything that I've said that's, that's worth anything, God, I just, I just pray that, that, that you'll lodge it into our hearts and minds and, and it won't just be a Sunday morning sermon and then we forget about it by three o'clock and all that kind of stuff. and Help us to grow up to be discerning people, as difficult as that may be. Help us to separate good from evil, truth from false, truth from half-truth. Help us to look and see, to perceive, to see what's not really evident on the outside, but maybe to see what's behind something. And, I, and if I do that in my flesh, I'm judgmental. But if you will lead me, you'll give me insight that I don't have in my own right. I, I believe that with all my heart, that you'll speak to me and you'll, you'll, you'll tell me something that I couldn't have figured out on my own. And I, I believe that's not just for the called person that's in full-time ministry. I think that's for all of us. God, help us to be careful, to know that the saboteur disguises himself, Help us not to be gullible. Help us not to fall into the trap of the world that says whatever makes them happy. Help us to be discerning people and give us the great, great courage to speak that truth with truth, grace, love, and all the fruit of the Spirit that we can muster. In Jesus' name, amen.